This week on The Pod People, the boys spend the night with 2011 found footage horror movie Grave Encounters to try to answer the question, is this movie really haunted? I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I saw a ghost over there. I'm late 2000s fashion icon Ben Sheets. Hi, and I'm seeking asylum in the asylum, Cleveland Mosier. Hi, I'm terrible sci-fi channel ghost hunting show, Jans Holstrom. Jans, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Jans is uh, joining us from Dread XP, a colleague of uh, Cleveland's, and one of our uh, previous two-time guests, Ted. Um, we're getting all the Dread folks on the podcast, so Hell we're glad yeah. to add your name to the list, Jans. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's great to be here. Well, as I uh, intimated at the beginning, we are going to be talking about uh, a film from 2011 called Grave Encounters, written and directed by the Vicious Brothers. Um, this was Cleveland's pick. It was. Um, but there was uh, a little bit of secondary motivation for you to pick this one, Cleve, and why we have Jans on the show. Uh, would you care to talk about that? Yeah. So pretty regularly in the Dread XP Discord, we watch found footage movies and hang out just as a group. And uh, Jans had mentioned that he was doing an interview with some of the creators of the film. And uh, I invited him onto the podcast because I thought, hey, that'd be really fun to talk about and get some cool insights into the movie. Before we start talking about the movie, why don't why don't we let Jans talk about that a little bit? Um, your your interview, I'd I'd love to hear some some stuff about it if you don't mind telling us. Oh yeah, I'll let you guys in on uh on a, on a little bit of news. So this year, twenty twenty one, year of our Lord twenty twenty one, is the tenth anniversary of Grave Encounters. I reached out uh, to Dread Central, who I also write for, and I asked them, can we do coverage for the tenth anniversary of Grave Encounters? They were cool enough to set me up with the Vicious Brothers, uh, Stuart Ortiz and Colin Minahan, their actual names. They're, they don't have the last name Vicious, which is a real bummer to me. Oh, yeah, that is I a had shame. a meeting with them about two weeks ago, and we were just setting up coverage. September will be the official 10-year anniversary, uh, so we just talked to them about coverage and uh, interviews and things like that. And uh, I'll have more in September on that front. I'm just a huge fan of the movie, and I was glad I got to talk to those guys. Hell yeah. Well, uh, we're glad to have you here with your with your special insight. Cleve, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about Grave Encounters and your thoughts on it? I have seen this movie before. Yes. Um, I think other than Jans, I'm assuming the only one on the show who has seen this movie before. Yeah, I've not seen this movie before. Shame, shame. Well, <laughs> it is a staple. Um, uh, though I had not seen this movie before, I was quite familiar with the spooky scream face of I the, think everybody's the seen CG, that yeah. yeah, everyone, and it is it has been aped uh, and copied and mimicked and dittoed uh, many times uh, since by other found footage films and horror movies. Uh, it's like a Snapchat filter now. The you know you your, the eyes go dark. Have, have the ghost have a real long mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What that mouth do? <laughs> oh, yeah, what that mouth do? It get it long. scream. <laughs> <laughs> it get long and scream. <laughs> The film, I think, is probably most, like, talked about for for that, which honestly surprised me after watching it. I, I think that there are a lot of other, like, attributes uh, involved in this film that make it more worthwhile than the CG that hasn't aged very well. <laughs> yeah. 
The central premise is it's a found footage horror movie, a ghost a ghost haunting film that's treated as a documentary where a, a, a horror network is uh, revealing this this like archived footage of a, a TV series that never made it to air called Grave Encounters. And uh, which is a uh, a ghost adventures. Uh, yeah, it's a very Zach Baggins esque ghost <laughs> hunting. Yeah, show. the protagonist Lance Preston is very much channeling uh, Zach Baggins and his uh, his spiked hair and affliction shirts. And uh, now, he he swears up and down that it is not based on Zach Baggins. Um, really? Which means he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what that means. I was even reading the IMDb trivia, and one of the things is that it is inspired by Zach Baggins and his muscle shirts. <laughs> Man, that has got to just be, like, legal protection. Like, he's just trying yeah. to be safe. Just trying to cover, yeah, yeah just I, trying to fucking cover his tracks. I respect that. But you know what? Not on this podcast. Mm-mm. You got a problem with us, Zach Baggins? You can come, you can come to my house. See what happens. For legal reasons, not Zach Baggins. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Baggins, file off them serial numbers, Lance Preston. There's definitely a discussion to be had on how this film has aged. Um, I think especially for the folks here who hadn't seen it before. Um, but coming out when it did in 2011, like it's still pretty pretty much like right at the beginning of like the big found footage boom of the late 2000s like paranormal activity came out like th- three years before this i think paranormal activity like 2008 2009 i thought Nine, 2009 yeah. okay yeah so so very close um i i think that one of the biggest complaints you could make for this movie um is that it's kind of generic uh, in terms of its found footage, uh, spooky ghost scares. But I think at the time that it came out, it was probably still... I Because I saw it in, like, 2012, I think, the first time. 2012, 2013. Um, and at that time, like, it definitely... It still felt pretty, pretty fresh. Um, so I think this is definitely one of the cases where, like, some of the things that we would see as cliche in this movie were kind of, like that bar was sort of set by this movie originally. Yes. What what I'll say is I wouldn't dare call myself a found footage expert, but these past couple of weeks, I've, we've been watching a lot of found footage movies in the Discord. I, I will call Ted a found footage expert. The man has watched yeah. so many of those damn movies. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Greatest monster. Uh, yeah, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm not not an authority now. I, I, I've seen a, I've seen a, a shitload of them at this point. But there, there are many. Considering that, this film I think still holds up a lot better than most of the ones that followed. Uh, most of the films that that have like tried to imitate it or ape it, like this one, is so much more self aware than the majority of found footage movies out there. And I'm starting to notice that like self awareness is is such a key factor in these types of like low budget films. Otherwise, it just it feels like kids playing pretend out in the woods, and it's not as fun. See, it's interesting because I feel like this movie definitely still falls into some of those traps in the second half. It starts so promising with kind of the play on Zach Baggins-esque stuff and really playing a lot of that up. Uh, but by the end, it kind of falls into the same 
found footage territory, which is a bit of a I shame. I think it kind of loses some of its self-awareness in the second half. Really? Um, yeah. The setup is is great. There's a lot of laughs in the in the first part, I think, where we're kind of like seeing them set up for their lock-in at this, uh, uh, you know, old abandoned mental institution, and they bribe the gardener with $20 to say that he saw a ghost. There's he's so like, many he's good like, bits. He's like, oh, yeah, land. I saw a ghost right over there. And they call in, like, the fake psychic, who is one of my favorite characters. Uh, wow. I do I, I do love Houston, the fake psychic. But I, I think Ben is right that, like, once the, the horror starts to kick in, like, halfway through the movie, it loses some of that that self-awareness and starts to to get a little bit more straight up and down serious. And, and I think that it, it might suffer a little bit because of that. In Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that that hard shift. When the horror ramps up, the characters start taking it seriously. And, you know, we, we see, like, who panics, who doesn't. And the characterization seems pretty well, like, fleshed out, like, in, in regards to, like, how these comedic characters suddenly, like, respond and react. Because they all react differently. And also, I love the concepts. Uh, there's a lot of, like, House of Leaves-esque stuff with the, uh, like, the play with time and, like, the looping hallways. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, Blair Witch-esque. You yes. Know? It is true, but um, in such a different setting and still approached so differently and, and directly in ways that Blair Witch, like, couldn't necessarily. A lot of the the, the House of Leavesy like, playing with space in Blair Witch is very ambient. It's very just, like, left to suggestion. Like, do we know if they're, like, just lost in the woods or is the path, like, looping back on itself? Or are they just walking in circles? Whereas here, like, we know for sure that time has gone fucky. And, yeah, and uh, space, too. And mm. I, it, it wowed me. I, I wasn't expecting, like, the door sequence, for instance. Like, that that really caught me off guard, and I, I was really impressed by that. I, I like that stuff, too. I think the environment is the best villain in this movie. Uh, yes. It's, well said. it's scarier than any of the actual ghosts or demons or whatever we want to call them that we see. Because I think they're, they're pretty generic, and they rely heavily on pretty dated uh-huh. CG at this point. I I would even go so far as to say bad CG. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, it is. I, I it's enjoy rough. It. I think I think it's fun. It's definitely like not good. Like when she turns and screams and whatnot. But um, it was certainly like effective at the time. Like we know that yeah. because of like the yeah, waves. Yeah, absolutely. Left. Mm-hmm. We can definitely say that for sure. Um, and then also like looking back at it now, I see it a lot like Boris Karloff, you know, like as a monster at the time, like my grandmother wasn't allowed to see Frankenstein in theaters because they thought it could kill her. From <laughs> Honest to God, like they thought that, I, right? I mean, movie ideas where it's like the exorcist made people die. Frankenstein was killing people. Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock would play it up, like even up into the seventies, like uh, for okay, for Psycho, I, I, like he had nurses uh, waiting in the wings, um, like just William to play Castle up the fear. His uh, Tingler devices that they put in chairs. Have you guys ever seen a Tingler? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, William Castle and his, uh, you know, sign this waiver. The ghosts in Thirteen Ghosts are too scary. Uh, movies used to be a lot more dangerous, it seems like. Yeah. Nowadays, we've lost kind of that yeah. luster. But, and not even that long ago, either, because, like, I remember, like, when the Paranormal Activity movies were still really big, like, every time one of those would come out, like, they'd do the thing where they set up the cameras in the packed audience <laughs> with the night vision so you could see how scared everybody was. And, like, 
it's hokey, but I kind of there's there's kind of a charm to that. It's like this movie is the scariest movie you've ever seen in your life. It will make you shit your pants if you go see it in the theaters. <laughs> right. You will leave with doo-doo in your socks if you go see this scary movie. Not for the faint of heart. And like they, they just they don't do that anymore. It's like it's that same charm. Like I, I get those that that same feeling. Like seeing the scares, um, you know. Well, here, I, the, I remember in I like, do, like 2012 when that the GIF or the the still image of the of the demon girl in this movie was starting to go around the internet, seeing that and, th- and being like, "Oh my god, that's so scary! I gotta <laughs> see that movie. What is that movie?" You know. And then me and my girlfriend at the time watched it. We watched the second one right after too, uh, which oh. I remember less of, except that there's a giant goblin man in it um, <laughs> i'm intrigued <laughs> but um, oh, it? yeah Jans, uh i i'd like i'd like to hear uh some of your thoughts on this movie because uh i i know you said that you're a big fan and i don't want to be uh t- too much of a of like a downer on that i'd love to well, i'd love to get some of your impressions to lead in what was your first experience with this film okay so a uh, little bit of info Whenever I spoke with the Vicious Brothers, I'm not going to use their Christian names because I like the Vicious Brothers better. Way cooler. Yeah, yeah. way cooler. Whenever I talked to the Vicious Brothers, um, they let me in on the fact that there was, like, no marketing for this movie. Whenever they got picked up for distribution, it was on purely word of mouth. They didn't even have a trailer at the time, and they put out, like, a kind of a clip show trailer. I think you can still find it on YouTube. And it just blew up because people were like, is this a real thing? Because people are stupid. Yep. Uh, I mean, I hate to make that generalization, but it's very true. Uh, people are stupid. My wife, now my wife, but was my girlfriend at the time. She said, I saw this weird trailer on YouTube. And I said, what's it for? And she showed it to me. And I, I've always loved bad horror movies. And I was like, oh, this looks terrible. Like, honestly. And so we watched it. And it was actually terrifying. In 2011, it's, I don't know. Like, let me paint you a picture. 2011, movies weren't as scary. I don't know. I was 20 years old. It was terrifying to me. And I watch a ton of horror movies, but it just hit me different. And I was like, oh, this is like the new thing. It obviously wasn't, but it felt like that. And uh, it's definitely gained like some kind of cult acclaim in the years since, I think, even if it didn't become like the next paranormal activity or anything. It at least got a sequel. Yeah, and the sequel is amazing. I hope that one day we can talk about the sequel because I'm not going to touch on it, but I love the sequel very much. Uh, so the the, the but, justification that like, uh, well, at least it got a sequel like is is funny to me because like so many of these found footage movies like have sequels only because they're so cheap to produce that yeah. even even if like you're just some random dude like fucking Paranormal Farm has three three movies. Yeah, I'm not saying that a sequel is an <laughs> and they're all great. I'm not saying getting a sequel is an indication of quality but you know like if they're gonna bother to at least crank a, another one out then there's like some level of of success to the film man i might i might have to like pick the paranormal paranormal farm trilogy at some point I don't for know the what that yeah is. i don't know what that is <laughs> an absolute treasure sorry as you were saying uh-huh. Jens. okay so grave encounters in 2011 it felt to me and it still does like a repudiation of the found footage or ghost tv show zeitgeist of the time The early 2010s, you know, from 2008 to like 2012, there were over 50 ghost shows on TV. That's an insane amount. And every single one of them were people in night vision getting scared at nothing. And I think that Grave Encounters is an answer to that saying, well, what if something 
did happen. Like, we're tired of all this. What if these douches actually had to deal with real ghosts? And I think that comes through in the characterization of Lance Preston because he comes off as kind of jaded by the whole situation. You know, let's pay off the gardener. Let's, you know, try to make this spooky. Whenever stuff starts happening, he kind of flips into, you know, he's got a little bit more zest back for hunting ghosts. He, he appears excited at first. I mean, that goes away fairly quickly. But he is super jazzed to see actual ghosts, and I like that about him. I'm just a big Lance Preston fan. He's obviously not Zach Baggins. Yeah, no, I mean, he's clearly... Legally, he's not. Legally, he's not (laughs) Zach Baggins. No, I I think it's a great point, though, uh, because, like, this movie did come out at, like, a very special time in, like, uh, cable television. My girlfriend at the time was super into all of those ghost hunting shows. Like, we watched hours of ghost adventures and ghost hunters and all that shit. I think ghost adventures is the most fun because it's like they take it so seriously, but also they're like the broiest about it. You know, like Zach Bagans in particular, like talking, trying to like convince ghosts to like throw shit at him and like hurt him and stuff is like, come on, if you're so tough, I'm right here. <laughs> it's like, and and I, I think that the, you're you're right, like taking that idea and being like, okay, what if that douche, not Zach Bagans, really did get into like a truly uh haunted scenario? Um and in that regard I, I, I do think it's a it's a fun premise. I miss early days Zach Baggins whenever he was super aggressive. He said uh in the last few years that he tries not to taunt the ghost anymore. But I remember watching an episode probably in two thousand thirteen, somewhere around there. And uh, they were in, I want to say Thailand or somewhere like that. And they're talking to this old monk. And he's like, no one's entered this temple in 500 years. And there's screams from it every night. And Zach Baggins just like shows up and like kicks the gate in. And he's like, come at me, ghost. And I'm like, man. <laughs> you, you, know, you know why he doesn't, uh, he tries to not taunt the ghosts anymore, right? No. Because uh, he, he apparently had... Uh, he he did a movie a few years ago called like Demon House or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and he's and in that he's talking about how he had an encounter with like a ghost or a demon or something where it like made his vision worse. Like he had to wear glasses after it because the demon made him nearsighted. The foul specter of aging. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dude turned 40 and had to buy breeding glasses. And, was like, and just doubled down. Yeah, just like, it's like, hey man, a demon did this to me. He was upset it cut into his affliction shirt budget. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's like, he's like, yeah, I try to not taunt them anymore because I've seen the real damage that they can do to a human body. (laughs) The specter of time wears on us all. Time makes Zach Baggins of us all. It it takes a certain special someone to blame like your your vision going bad on a ghost. It's pretty great, bro. I was wandering around a haunted hospital and I have diabetes now. (laughs) (laughs) I got gout from the suicide force. I don't know how it happened. Man, that should have happened to, uh, was it Jake or Logan Paul who was fucking around in the suicide forest? One of them. Yeah, one of those fuckers. Yeah, he should have gotten he should have gotten gout from that experience. Uh, it gave me gout just about. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> to change the subject slightly, I was I was reading. Uh, apparently, this this location, this abandoned mental uh, hospital, which is a great location, and it's very cool that they got to shoot in it. I, I do think that uh, that it, the the setting is great. Um, but apparently, this uh, this mental hospital has been uh, in some other uh, films or uh, television productions as well. It was featured in both the X-Files, 
don't know what episode. Maybe Cleveland could recognize it. Uh, and also the uh, Zack Snyder Watchmen film they shot in, in that the hospital. prison sequence. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Holy shit. That um when that came out, um I mean Zack Snyder snucks sucks. Uh but when He that- snucks too. <laughs> <laughs> he snucks. Um when that came out, that prison sequence had the longest, like lasting stunt shot of someone on fire. Oh wow. with their shirt off, I think. I could be wrong. I read that in the book, I think, for it. Yes, I had the film art book for that shitty movie. <laughs> um, That's what we call a cold and broken hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the coldest and most broken of hallelujahs. Uh, I think then Game of Thrones uh, and some other films. Like, Game of Thrones definitely, like... Uh, yeah, half of that show is people being like, on fire. Yes. <laughs> Um, but that's cool. That's cool. Uh, when it comes to X-Files, oh, God, it's been so long since I've watched it all. It's been about five years, um, and I, I binged through it at the time. So I, I couldn't, at a guess, I couldn't tell you what episode. Yeah, like, what I was reading did not uh, clarify the episode, and I've only seen, like, the first two seasons of the X-Files, and it's been years, so. All of know. it except for the movie. The last couple seasons are kind of rough, but I mean, the movie's a nightmare. The first few seasons of that show, God, still good. Did the did the Vicious Brothers have anything to say about uh, how they, they got to shoot at this place or what that was like? No, most of our talk was just kind of like working out stuff for September. But I'm compiling a list of questions for them. So if you guys want to know anything from the Vicious Brothers, let me know and I will jot it down on my list of questions. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah, we might have to win September. Did they do Grave Encounters too? Yes, they were actually in Grave Encounters too. Okay, cool. Fun, so I, I think that I think when September rolls around, once you uh, have your chance to to talk with them, we should uh, do Grave Encounters too, and have you back on, so we can get all yes. of our uh, <laughs> all of our questions about the Vicious Brothers answered. Oh yeah, definitely. Give me your Vicious Brothers questions, and I will badger them. And they course, seem like really nice guys. Sorry. Uh, of course, to our audience as well, uh, add us on Twitter. Oh yeah, if anybody wants to has any questions for the Vicious Brothers. Hit us yes, up I do accept at, at Pod People Pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, send a send a donation that we can use to to bribe Jans, um, and and we'll get, we'll get those questions. I just didn't. I, man, I just really enjoy that film. I can't really articulate it. I guess it's just that certain time period of my life whenever everything was like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International and Most Haunted in the UK, and you know now. I, it's still bad. The American History Channel still exists, and Mountain Monsters comes on, and Paranormal Asylum, the one where they catch a ghost in every episode. Is um, that a thing? They catch a ghost? Like the Ghostbusters? Yes. It's this whole big deal where each place they go to, they build a specially made ghost trap, which the episode that I watched recently, don't ask while I was watching it, I have no idea. It sounds but rad. They built, uh, they built a little metal pyramid filled with fireworks and to startle the ghost, you see. And uh, (laughs) at the end of the episode, they set it off and they're like, all right, we got him. Like they never show anything that would indicate that they caught a ghost. It's usually some cheap pyrotechnics. And they're like, we got him, fellers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That show sounds awesome. It does. I uh, want to watch a show about people pretending to catch ghosts. It's on the American History Channel. I think it's Paranormal Asylum is the one where they do that every week. It's awful. But I, I just feel like Grave Encounters is the antithesis of that. They were tired of nothing happening in ghost TV shows. And I appreciate the effort. The scares are kind of dated. Yeah, the stretchy face ghosts didn't age super well because, yeah, that is, I think, a, a Snapchat filter these days. 
but for the time it was it for felt, the time yeah it was yeah. it was effective the movie starts out with a producer talking about how he found this tape and how you know the 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 raw footage was assembled to make mm-hmm. what we're seeing now and uh 72 hours worth of footage <laughs> edited yeah. down they then cut to like the the interview footage and stuff from like the show and okay i'm going to admit something i don't have a ton of experience with these shows but the way those sequences are shot seems way shakier than any tv show even. no okay you would it, be it, you would be wrong <laughs> i will say like the uh, problems with the second half of this movie aside that i have with it like the setup they absolutely nailed the feel of those ghost hunting well, shows i i thought like the the intro sequence where they show the intro of the show is when i was a kid i moved into a house that it turns out was haunted ever since <laughs> then i've been tracking down ghosts but like on like static interview shots they're like punching in on people's faces oh yeah dude sh- oh yeah ghost adventures around. ghost adventures does that shit all the time like the cameraman in ghost adventures is like his own character just purely cocaine energy i just remember i I wish I could... Once again, we're back to talking about Ghost Adventures instead of Grave Encounters. That's okay. But uh, I, I don't... I wish I could remember which episode it was, but there's one where they're like walking around it's like a, a a a mental hospital or something they're walking around the grounds outside and they're walking through the woods and they find like a pit and there's like a there's like a dead pig in the pit with a frog sitting on it and the cameraman is just like that's a dead pig with a frog sitting on top of it i don't know what that means but it's definitely not good <laughs> <laughs> there's something right here Dude, what the f***? There's a dead pig in it. Are you kidding me? On top of it. That's messed up. That's not a good thing, honestly. I I hate to betray my uh, my knowledge of Ghost Adventures, but I think that's the episode where they're at uh, Paveglia Island. Okay, uh, yeah, that sounds right. uh, The Italian Insane Asylum Island. That's also the episode where Zach Baggins gets possessed. I'm doing air quotes. Um, it's where Zach Baggins starts being really shitty to his crew members where he's like, why don't you eat less bitch? And then later he's <laughs> like, I was, I was possessed by a ghost. That's what happened. Like he wasn't just having a bad day. It had to be ghosts. He's like, ghost took, ghost took my vision and then made me be shitty to my crew. <laughs> That's what I, every time I'm in a bad mood now and rude to people, I'm going to start being like, I'm possessed by a ghost. It was the ghost. Sorry. <laughs> it was the ghost. See, th- that's what they meant by bad humors back in the day. Ah, okay, yeah. But you, and that's what you had to cut somebody open to drain those out. <laughs> yeah, that you had to you had to do cocaine about it. Mm. You're like, uh, the ghost messed up my vision. They're like, here's some cocaine. Well, nothing's really changed in that regard. <laughs> I will say, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but I definitely think that the set pieces of this movie are really the the shining star. You know, like, mm. you have the asylum, which is a character of its own, but you also have, like, the tunnels underneath, yeah, the which I found uh, very creepy, um, very well done. 
Um, That's the nice thing about just finding like a good set where you don't even have to dress it. Like all that shit was already there. Yeah, I, I think the asylum itself, like I mentioned before, is a really great villain. the The stretchy face ghosts are one thing, but like the it, it is pretty cool when they experience their first like spooky stuff like midway through the night, and they're like, "Okay, we've got enough footage. Like, fuck this. We're just gonna go sit in the in the lobby until the caretaker comes at six a.m. to let us out." And then the fact that like. 6 a.m. never comes and like it just goes hours and hours and hours and it's still nighttime and like the sun hasn't come up like that's that's the kind of stuff that I I think is is really effective it is a is a nice touch it's much scarier conceptually than uh some stretchy face ghosts or like some hands that come through the wall uh and try to grab you like repulsion did that better uh in the 60s and uh like do it was CG doesn't make it particularly effective. Uh, it, the, the hand sequence, uh, I got a bit of a laugh, uh, and I think I, I quoted like the "We're helping hands" bit from the labyrinth. Yeah, like from Jim Henson. It's, it's just like CG arms coming through the wall and ceiling, and just like waving slowly. It, like, I, will, I will take that over just like another generic ghost or like thing in the background. Oh, but there's though. plenty of those like, too, though. Well, yeah, you get all of it. Like <laughs> they, they go all out for it, but like at least like there's there's some creativity and they're trying something new and fun and like a little different than than just the like more of the standard figure like found footage bullshit yeah i mean like i was saying like repulsion has done arms Mm. reaching through the walls and did it way more effectively oh sure 50 years ago I, I I think that like the the real creativity is like playing with the the time and space dilation stuff, like the the scene where they're like trying to get to the roof because the the camera guy saw a, a fire escape when he was getting like an establishing shot earlier. And it's like they go up the stairs. It's like ah, we finally we see the exit sign and turn the corner and the stairs just end in a wall. That was very effective. Yeah. I like that part. That's a fun moment. And I think that's where things work the best. I think mm-hmm. they kind of do a little too much circling at a point. You know, they get back to the central hub area and start packing up and then they leave and then they come back again and then they leave again. And it just seems like they're they're going back and forth uh, a little much. But I will say it adds to the disorienting element of the movie, which I think is yeah. one of the best parts. Similarly of it. to like the Overlook Hotel, like it is hard outside of like the main lobby where they have like all their shit set up. Like it is difficult to orient yourself in this like big sprawling insane asylum. And two, I will take too much over not enough any day, especially in this genre. It is so much more gratifying to get, like, dumb CG hands and, like, so many, like, off-the-wall wacky concepts than it is, like, just some dudes running around in the forest, you know, like, uh, not being scared of things that aren't there. Like, this is, like, at least there's some, like, real substance I mean, there. I they guess. Try, they made a lot of attempts at in things. In general, but then, like, we go back to, like, the Blair Witch, which I think is, Blair Witch Project is a, a much more effective film for me um which is just people running around the woods and nothing really happens but listen to our episode on the Blair Witch Project for that yeah Um, I mean this movie is definitely an amusement park ride honestly it feels like almost video game-esque it almost has like Outlast 
yeah. uh, vibes in that like you're just on a ride from Outlast wouldn't Aiden, exist Aiden, without Aiden. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Outlast was pretty heavily inspired it's by like this one movie, to the one. I mean it's one. got the spooky ghost with the stretchy mouth and everything. Like the the night vision, like yeah, Outlast is like yeah, this is basically Outlast the um, movie. Jans, maybe you can uh, confirm or deny this. Uh, I I was uh, another like little trivia tidbit that I read about is that apparently the Vicious Brothers were frustrated with the convention and found footage of like you don't see the ghost or the monster, and that's why they kind of like did so much with uh, like just shoving the ghosts right in your face in this movie. Um, because it was kind of supposed to be like an answer to movies like the Blair Witch Project, where, uh, we'll just say they're much more subtle. Um, did, did they say anything about that or, uh, yeah, actually, uh, it was a point of discussion that other movies at the time weren't showing everything and they wanted to go full, both barrels, balls to the wall. You were gonna see ghosts. And it was part of that, uh, that whole ghost TV show thing where people would, be like, oh, I heard a noise. Turn on the night vision. Nothing's there. Affliction shirt. Zach Baggins. If you're and lucky, you'll see, a, see a, a spirit orb or something. A dust yeah, mote floating wanted, in front of the camera. They wanted you to see everything, which I really like. I feel like uh, the stretchy face ghosts are kind of the side show, but the hospital itself is the main attraction. And just small moments, like uh, whenever they decide to sleep, whenever they realize it's just night forever at this point in the movie... And they're like, well, at least we can get a nap in. And just a simple thing like the construction light falling over while they're sleeping. Yeah. It, I think the subtle stuff works a lot better than the really overt stuff in the movie. I, I like both. But I kind of really like the subtle stuff like you were talking about earlier. It's just nighttime all the time. And they start to slowly realize that. And they realize they can't get out. And whenever they open the front door, it just leads to another hallway in the hospital. It's a sense of creeping dread that a movie that loud and that in your face shouldn't have but it does and i think that's what makes it great yeah i i would say i appreciate despite how much they just throw in your face by the end i will i will say i i appreciate the pacing of how they build up to that i don't know how effective like the ghosts really are in this movie in terms of scares but I, I do think that the way that they sort of pace all that stuff out and ease you into it is pretty effective. And that they pull their punches for a good long while before they do just go balls to the wall and, and throw everything at you. I'm a fan of Chekhov's window that they have there <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. That spooky window. They're interviewing the, uh, I want to say the construction foreman or the guy that does the, owns the place. And he's like, oh, this window sometimes opens by itself. And it's such a throwaway little thing that you'd hear on a ghost TV show. Like, oh, this window, it opens sometimes. It's whatever. And then that window eventually comes back and murders someone. And I really enjoy that. Well, yeah, I, I like I like that uh... – to sort of go off of that, I like that during the setup, it really does feel like one of those ghost hunting shows where, like, the stories that they get from people are, like, suitably unbelievable, you know, kind of kind of vague and, like, not very specific and very easy to pass off as just, like, your imagination playing tricks on you because you're in a spooky place or like, oh yeah, I latch this window every night, but then I come back and it's open. Ooh, you know, I, I like that they don't interview anybody who 
gives like a really detailed description of something scary that happened to them that we then see later you know the closest we get is like the punk teens who are like yeah we were making out and we saw like a a man like hovering down at the end of the hall but you know they're like punk druggy teens so you know it's easy to to pass that off as um you know they were just high and freaked out you know and the yeah. marketplace tricks and i mean all of the setups i think have pretty decent payoffs you know you have the bathtub uh where the girl killed herself and uh it circles back and we get it full of blood and it sucks uh one of the guys in yeah that's super fun and then they flip it over and he's not in there yeah blood portal that was fun blood, yeah blood portal <laughs> i love a blood portal what you guys think of the uh the brain doctor they uh gave him a little moment of exposition at the beginning and kind of circled back to him yeah he loves he, uh... love to do lobotomies the biggest downfall of that doctor character is that it was not Jeffrey Combs, Dude, uh, right? Reprising well his role said. from 1999's House on Haunted Hill, it really felt like a riff on uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which is on Shutter right now. If anybody oh, needs sure. to watch that again, I love that movie. I mean, I guess if we're talking about the Doctor, we're kind of also talking about the very end of the movie, uh, which is fine. Um, I'm just jumping around a yeah, little bit. I, you know, I don't. In, in the spirit of the film, you should jump around because the movie jumps around a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. The Doctor is uh, it, it's fine. I feel like by the end, you know, like when he finds the Doctor's lair and finds like a like. A spooky demonic grimoire and like a pentagram and shit on the ground like i think it's i i think that's a little much for me it's a little too explicit like we know there's something scary and supernatural going on here like we don't need to to see that the the old doctor was doing like satanic rituals to make the hospital a portal to hell like i think you could leave that shit as implied yeah. well and it's like of course this movie isn't gonna pull its punches no you know, it's not that kind of movie. I think I'd say that but the whole would point of the movie be, is to do the opposite. <laughs> probably be better if it pulled some of the punches there, to be honest. Uh, I think so, too. And it, it's it's so funny because the, the sequence when he gets stuck in the underground tunnels before that is legitimately kind of horrifying, you know? He gets stuck down there for such a long time that he starts just eating rats yeah, and and that that practical effect where he smashes the rat and eats its corpse is pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's like pretty the, nasty. That transition is pretty seamless. Like you can tell where it's cut, but like just barely. Uh, when he brings the board down and he yeah. kills it, like it's a live rat, and they have him swing, and then they cut right when it hits it. And it it yeah, like I said, it's a great transition, and yeah, it's all practical too, which I appreciate. My brain's failing me. I can't remember. Someone refresh me. I can't remember if it's Grave Encounters and Grave Encounters 2 where someone straight up beats up a ghost. Is that the first one? <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay, well then you guys have that to look forward to. <laughs> In one of the movies, Hell someone yes. straight up throws down on a ghost. And yeah, I, it might be the second one. I get I them remember, kind of mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I remember it, Grave it Encounters is, 2 being way more over the top. Which Grave I, Encounters 2 is great because it kind of builds off of Grave Encounters in unexpected ways. And yeah, it is just more of everything. There's more hospital, more ghosts, and a guy beats up a ghost. 
Hell yeah, I forgot about that. It's It's been 10 years since I've seen Grave Encounters 2. I like how when he's in the tunnels, he goes down there at first, uh, uh, and he's got the, the girl uh, still with him, Sasha, um, or Sasha. This is one of the better subtle moments, I think. Like, they're they're asleep in the tunnels, and, like, we see from the camera's perspective, and just, like, a fog rolls in and, like, obscures the whole tunnel, and when the fog dissipates, like, she's just gone. Yeah. I liked, I liked that a lot, and he wakes up alone. Like, I think that is, once again, like, the subtle moments are pretty effective, had a long-faced ghost shown up and dragged her off into the tunnel during that scene, I think it would have been a lot less effective. That's just me, though. And then they they squander all the goodwill they've built up with that really understated bit of terror by almost immediately after that, Lance Preston finds the doctor's uh, grimoire. Yes, right, exactly. Uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, we're going to do this nice, spooky, little, subtle thing, and now we're just going full demons. Mm-hmm. And they also get in that, la- they're like, we need another stretchy face, and it's like, can the doctor do the stretchy face? And they're like, oh, fuck yeah, absolutely. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> the doctor absolutely can stretch his face. And then they, uh, they lobotomize uh, Lance Preston, and a professional to the very end, he still yes. does his Grave Encounters sign-off with his one blind eye. And he's like, um, Lance Preston is Grave Encounters signing off. Like, I, I like that little bit of he, he's a ghost hunting guy all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah and even after being lobotomized. Even after being lobotomized, <laughs> like, he still has got to finish his, his episode. I like I that love, touch, too. Uh, rickety Cricket-ass uh, Lance Preston in the sequel. Mild spoiler. Wait, he comes back? Oh, oh yeah, you gotta watch too. the second one. And he's, he's, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yes. but he pulls yeah. a full, Religiously. A full, full rickety cricket beard and one blind eye and shit. It's I so totally cool. forgot about that. I, I will say, I wish, like, for a movie that's throwing everything at the wall and, like, wants to show everything, I do think it's kind of bullshit that they decided to pull the final punch and have his lobotomy be off screen. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, like, be like, yeah, we're showing everything, like, let me watch uh, the ghost doctor lobotomize him, you know? Because well, we do get to see, like, the companions, um, like, all the ones who were vanished, either, like, through the blood portal or the mist or whatever, like, we see the photo on the walls of them like in their surgeries and like the the camera guy like who went through the blood portal like his chest displayed open yeah. and magnificent detail and all the rest which yeah. is great like it's really like like uh any and again like a lot of lesser movies would have just like had them be vanished and leave it at that which could have been fine but but to like also see like the fulfillment at the end with like the the gr- in gratuitous detail is fine it was really neat it, it's such a it's such a like a, a theme park ride and i Again, like that's something I love about like um like quality like or budgeted found footage films is they that they just they feel like theme park rides like Troll Hunter and you know other sorts of films like you really just feel like you're strapped in and just going along for it. It's certainly <laughs> an approach. <laughs> yes. Um, can we talk about how one guy got blood portaled, one lady got eaten by fog, uh, another guy blew out the window, but then we get to the psychic, the fake psychic Houston. And he just got strangled by ghosts. And like, not even uh, fully strangled. Like, after he got strangled, he got tossed gently down the hallway and I then was dead. He got yeeted. 
mean, it was a pretty weak kill, though, compared to like the true. other ones where something yeah. ghostly happens. Yes. He's just hanging out and a ghost chokes him and tosses him. Like I fully agree. And like I think that the setup to his death has really great, like, horrifying potential. Because like he's lost his flashlight, and like we see him like sort of feeling his way down the hallway, because like we can see through the night vision camera, but like he's just wandering around in like pitch black. And I think that that has a lot of good potential for something like really creepy to happen, you know? Like he's walking down the hall and like maybe one of the ghosts is there and we see him like getting closer to the ghost you know, until he reaches out and touches it or something. But instead, no, he just gets lifted up into the air, um, choked gently, and then uh, sort of softly yeeted down the hallway to his death. Um, And it's a shame because aside from Lance Preston, he's my favorite character, and I would have liked to see a more spectacular death for him. You could have played it for for laughs, though. Like, he's walking down the hallway, uh, and props to the actor, I can't remember his name, but he really sold uh, I'm Terrified in the Dark. Yes. Um, but they could have played it for laughs while he was walking and he's blind and he's feeling down the hallway. He could have maybe grabbed a ghost dick. Oh, yeah. Like, There's comedy there. Like, uh, he's just feeling around. It's like, what is this? And it's a ghost dick. Like, like he, I mean, he falls on the ground I'm, and he's, like, reaching up and it's like he's grabbing at the the medical gown of a ghost. He's like, are these curtains? <laughs> you know, like, he pulls it down. Like the ghost bear ass is there. Like, I'm oh, going to nice. talk to his brothers about this and be like, can we get more like ghost dick and ass in the next movie? Like, yeah, now we... this is a totally or different no, no. movie, but I like it. <laughs> Sounds good. I want to write this down. Maybe we can, maybe we can pitch it to dread. Maybe we can pitch it to the vicious brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's I write this down for September. <laughs> All right. I have their Skype information. I'm just going to go ahead and call them later. And be like, yeah, call All right. It, listen, guys. Our, listen. <laughs> Ten years later, we want to make Grave Encounters 3. It's the same basic premise, but it has the kind of humor that you would expect in a scary movie film. (laughs) No, it's it's just just like Army of Darkness to Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. We're doing comedy in this one, fellas. We're doing comedy ghosts. Whenever the ghost stretches its face out, maybe its jaw dislocates and it tries to pick its mouth up. I don't know. And we can combine the two ideas. And what if uh, the ghost's dick stretches too, just like his face? <laughs> like it grabs the dick and is like, and it pulls on it and it like stretches out like an elephant trunk. And the ghost goes, "Ooh!" And his mouth gets really big, <laughs> and his eyes pop out like a like a cartoon, and his tongue unrolls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. We can call it so Gape me, Encounters. Me, oh, Gape Encounters. <laughs> That's a, let me story for this out for you guys. Um, so they're going to go into the room, and instead of arms coming out, it's all dicks. Just oh. out of every wall and ceiling. Oh, love it. And it turns out that the room is just full of glory holes. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Gape glory holes. Gape Encounters is absolutely the the, the porno <laughs> parody of this movie. Yeah. Of this movie, yeah. Gape Encounters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I mean, yeah, out of yeah. morbid curiosity, for sure. Yeah, gotta investigate. Investigate. Yeah. <laughs> investigate. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> or just call it um, just gay encounters. Gay encounters. <laughs> That's just what happens in a truck stop bathroom. It's just every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just really enjoying hearing you guys' takes uh, that haven't seen it. You know, you're watching it in 2021. Yeah. Well, well past whenever it was relevant or good. 
I, yeah, uh, right. Man, I've I've been I've been wanting a House of Leaves movie um, since I read it. Like, Never gonna years happen. Ago. You know, it's funny. I I, uh, I wish I wish I'd uh, I'd known that Grave Encounters had this kind of content in it. I would have watched it sooner. I think because I love I just I love like looping hallways and like all that that sort of stuff. Playing with space and time in a cool way. Because yeah, it, it's it's really effective for me. I was I was really surprised when they they set up the door because we see them enter from there like that that whole set is is worked up seamlessly like we see them enter in that area they hang out in there for a long time we see them like come in from outside so you're fully expecting like the the table to break or something like else is like the wall is just stuck and preventing them from leaving or it's like a brick wall but instead no like they bust the doors open it's a hallway mm-hmm. like it's impressive it was really cool i like i like the callback too of uh the the cheap spray paint on the doors it just says death awaits they sort of joke about it when they're going in the first time cuz it's on the the outside of the doors going in but later on they come to those doors but from the inside and it says death awaits and it's still like the, the cheap green corny looking spray paint, but it definitely uh, has a considerably um, more sinister tone the second time around when it seems that death indeed does await. Thought it was a little uh, a little hokey when uh, they were taking a nap uh, at one point, and uh, Sasha wakes up and just has hello carved into her back. Yeah, that was a little much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've I've seen, you know, they, that, that gag has been, maybe not gag, but, like, that exact same thing has been Trope. done uh, so many times uh, to varying degrees of effect. Uh, but just straight up having hello written on her back is like, okay, <laughs> calm down a little bit. <laughs> they were friendly ghosts. They just wanted to say hi. What did you think of the the dude who kind of, becomes an asylum oh, member yes. at a certain point. The, um, the tech guy who disappears didn't love that, honestly. I um, think it's, it, it's fun foreshadowing. It's I, all he does is, like, do the, the standard, like, crazy person giggling yep. for the most part. I think if his acting, uh, he'd brought a little bit more to the role. Uh, maybe if there'd been some more material and he'd said some some more fun things or I don't know done yeah just it's, been, been more of a, an intriguing like less generic like crazy person it's I really would have gotten more like, out of it but yeah his they, hop down the elevator's fun I guess yeah he throws himself down an elevator shaft mm-hmm. I don't know seems like another kind of lame death to me honestly yeah it was fun foreshadowing for the end oh the like there's a a spooky doctor yeah. who's diagnosing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's all very 1999 house on haunted hill. It's it's almost that exact character, evil doctor. Well, I guess that's the same character in a lot of movies, because uh, you can't have a haunted asylum without an evil doctor somewhere in its oh, history. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. The head surgeon of the spooky hospital. I, I love an evil yeah. doctor role. They're they're fun. I'm a fan it, of that archetype. It just should have been. It should have been Jeffrey Combs. Cleveland, if you liked the weird twisty hospital of grave encounters you'll love the weird twisty hospital of grave encounters too <laughs> a ringing endorsement <laughs> this time it's they, weirder and twistier put that yeah, they, well they go fucking full on in on the hospital in the second movie cool 
put that on the uh, on the DVD case for Grave Encounters 2. If you loved the weird, twisty hospital of Grave Encounters 1, you'll love the weird, twisty hospital of Grave Encounters 2. Now that I think about it, there aren't any real graves in this movie. Nope. Yeah. They don't really encounter, like, graves? Oh, right I, at the beginning, whenever they're doing the intro, they're walking through a graveyard. Boom, sure. there's the graves. Yep. Damn. That's yeah. when you yeah. encounter the graves. Yeah. yeah. Two out of ten, they're, not enough graves. Yeah, blew their load kind of early on that, seeing mm-hmm. as how that's in, like, the first five minutes. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting there the entire time after that intro, and I was like, where's the rest of the fucking graves? Where's the grave? Uh, we they encountered them already. They, they grave them to us too early. Oh, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn it. Um, they well, grave it away for free. Does anybody uh, else have any other parts that you want to talk about, or are we ready to rate this? I don't think anything can grave us now. It's like, save us now. Oh, that was good. But, oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, Boo this man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm mausoleaning into it too much. Oh my oh, god, it's no. like movie night. Oh no. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna shut Cleveland up by asking him to rate this movie. It's fair. Um, you know what? I I thought, uh, personally, that uh, when it is 2001 or 2011, like, outdated, it's, it's endearing. I, I thought it was fun. And when it lands, it lands well. They use like a deal of practicals um, for as much as there's like goofy CG. Uh, so I I had a great time the whole time. Like the comedy landed, which is rare, and the 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 spooks were fun. Um, so I'm I'm gonna give it a strong four. Like I I really like this one. Ben, sure. Uh, well, this is a weird position because I don't have the background of these ghost shows uh to kind of compare to plus i've never been the biggest found footage fan um but i think this movie is effective for what it does i still am not the biggest fan admittedly um just because it does drag on a little long in the second half and the uh the cg is bad <laughs> it's bad um i think it's worth checking out if you like found footage movies uh but it has not aged necessarily the most gracefully um but if you saw it back in the day you'll probably still like it now um i'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five um yeah i i definitely have the fortune of having seen it when it was relatively new and it was uh definitely uh more relevant at the time and rewatching it now uh i can definitely still view it with uh you know that that kind of lens of uh i guess nostalgia I don't think everything has aged super well, and I don't think it's the most creative found footage film. Um, but it does some some things pretty competently, uh, and and it's it's a it's a decent fun time. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. Um, Jans, why don't you bring us home uh, with your rating? Yeah, let me uh, let me grab my rose colored glasses real quick and yeah, put those baby. on. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, here they are right here. Five out of five. Nice. Oh wow. Okay. Powerful. Do it. I, I am a huge fan of Grave Encounters, and I feel like, and I've said before earlier, it's one of the, you had to have been there. It was revolutionary in 2011. I rewatched it uh, less than a year ago, probably. It's still good. I still enjoy it. I like showing it to people. I like going, hey, have you seen Grave Encounters? It's kind of bad, but you got to watch it. It's not bad, though. I love every bit of it. <laughs> I'm going to propose to both the Vicious Brothers in September. 
and we're gonna make Hell we're yeah. gonna make great encounters. Through, we're gonna make gape encounters. Um, yeah, let us know how that goes. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna want a, a, a producer credit on. Yeah, that. producer Maybe. credits for all of Story us. Story <laughs> just for its its cult status uh, among whenever you talk to found footage horror fans. I'm a huge found footage horror fan, uh, almost rivaling Mr. Ted from Dread XP. Uh, he's the only person I know that knows more than me about found footage. Nice. For us, whenever someone says, you know, what's a good entry point for found footage, I'm going to give them two movies, and it's going to be Grave Encounters and Hell House LLC. Those oh. are both excellent, but Grave Encounters holds the special spot as a cult classic. Like, it still doesn't get the recognition it deserves, and I'm hoping people listen to this and they go, i got to watch Grave Encounters. And you know what? they watch Grave Encounters, and they enjoy it because it is a – it's a good, like, rainy Sunday afternoon horror movie. You're like, ah, nothing looks good. I don't want to watch The Ninth Configuration. I only name dropped that because I watched it last night, and I was like, this movie sucks. Um, it does. So it, it still remains, even after – I've probably seen it 20 times at this point. It, it remains a five-out-of-five film. I could watch it any time. The only – the biggest problem that I have with Grave Encounters is that due to rights issues, there is no – available blu-ray of grave encounters i do not own a copy Damn. because it's impossible to find one Damn. unless i want to import it from europe and i'm hoping i can talk to the vicious brothers in september and they can maybe just burn me a copy you know just throw it in the old like the old uh jewel case cdrs just burn me a copy of grave encounters man that's a shame about the copyright i hope that gets resolved at some point then maybe Vin i'm hoping drum could you know put something out yeah, I would take a Scream Factory, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, Arrow releasing, any of them putting out a special edition Grave Encounters would be my dream. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's, and also it's availability being so limited. It's hard to find a physical copy. Uh, the only time it was released in America was like 2013, very small quantities. So if you want it today, you can watch it on IMDb TV for free with ads. How about that? But or find it by other means. <laughs> yes, there are, of course, other means that we don't talk about. Just like uh, Lance Preston is not Zach Baggins, there's only <laughs> one place to watch Grave Encounters online. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will I will agree with you that I think that Grave Encounters is an extremely accessible found footage horror movie, and that for people who are not well-versed in the subgenre, it is not a bad uh, entry point. I think that uh, it definitely has its merits for that. Um, but between the four of us, that will give Grave Encounters an average of 3.8 out of 5. Um, so check it out if you haven't seen it. It's fun. Next week, we're going to be talking about O2. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, Oxygen. Uh, Oxygen, O2, the new original. Uh, Alexander Aja film, um, uh, a director that we like quite a bit on this podcast, director of Piranha 3D uh, and Crawl, both of which we've talked about on the show. His new movie's coming out on Netflix, and we're going to watch it. <laughs> Um, so tune back with us next week for that. Um, Cleveland, who's the show sponsored by this week? Ah, shit. This week is, uh, brought to you by, uh, uh, the, the hit, uh, uh, game service Steam. Uh, what? Have what? a, have a Gabe encounter. Cause Gabe Newell. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know why that hit me so weird. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's not actually uh, not a sponsor. Uh, don't don't sue us. Uh, and uh, it's actually Dave Encounters, which is an encounter that you have in the Dave and Buster's bathroom <laughs> oh. after you've had several expensive glasses of cheap wine. <laughs> I'm Zach Baggins, and this is my associate, Dave Encounters. <laughs> oh, all right. That'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Uh, five stars for Grave Encounters. Uh, and be sure to also, at the same time, leave us a couple words about why you like the show. We'd really appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod. Hit us up if you have questions for the Vicious Brothers. We will uh, pass those along to Jans to uh, ask them in September. And uh, we'll have uh, an update on that in a few months when we do Grave Encounters 2. <laughs> um, you can also follow us at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio as we put out progress on It Stares Back. Stay tuned um, for our next update. Uh, we, you know, we put one out fairly recently, and we're putting out more content on the regular. You can learn more about that by joining our Discord as well uh, with Light Arc Studio. And you can also find my work on ArtStation if you search Cleveland Mosier for some cool spooky paintings. Most recently, paintings from the DreadX collection The Hunt. Uh, which is a fucking awesome game. Uh, we're all you know very proud to have worked on. That's it from me. Jans, where can the people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter daily at HorrorPlayed. You can also find me at DreadXP every Thursday writing editorials. Uh, and you can find me at Dread Central every Thursday writing Dread the Unsolved, solving mysteries one at a time, usually serial killers, sometimes aliens. <laughs> uh, and you can follow that at Dread the Un or yeah, it's at Dread Unsolved on Twitter or on Instagram. It's Dread Unsolved or at Facebook. It's Dread the Unsolved. I have a lot of socials for Dread the Unsolved. I love Dread the Unsolved. Well, if our listeners also love Dread the Unsolved, that's where you can find it. Um, Jans, thanks again for joining us. This was a blast. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, it's been super fun. It was a treat. We'd love to have you back sometime, um, especially knowing that you're a found footage aficionado. Maybe we'll tap you the next time we get into one of those. Um, Absolutely. All right. Thanks to our listeners for listening, as always. Uh, and until next time, this is the Pod People signing off. <laughs> <laughs>